You are now listening to <coughs> the High and Dry Draft Podcast with Isaac Keller. <coughs> <coughs> Please enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the High and Dry Draft Pod. I'm your host, Isaac Keller. Uh, I'm so thrilled to have two fellow Southwest alums, some fellow Lakers here on the pod with me today. Uh, we got Will Raggetts, who is a writer for Sports, Sports Illustrated and about the Vikings, uh, and Aiden Berg, who is the co-director of the Annenberg Media Sports thing at USC that I don't know how to describe because I don't know what it is, but we'll get into that. Yeah, thank you guys so much for coming on and shooting the shit with me here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, so you guys both don't necessarily like specialize in draft work or anything like that, but you were both very excited and eager to fire off opinions when I asked you if you wanted to come on. Uh, wh- what got you into the draft? Aiden, you want to start? Yeah, sure. I was, I was going to say let the, let the professional journalist go first, but I, 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 can, <laughs> I can take a crack at it. Um, I've just, I, th- I think that the NBA is just kind of like a very – uh, what's the word? It's 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 very much about like like theoretical stuff, right? I I feel like almost at times there's more interest in the the theoretical stuff than what's actually going on on the court at times. That's why free agency is so big and everything with the off season. And I guess uh, I mean I'm a big fan of all the stuff that happens on the court for sure. But uh, the the theoretical stuff is always fun to to think about, which uh, and which specifically with the draft like which players would be uh, a good fit where who's like the right guy to take what are the implications of a team completely screws up and takes anthony bennett first overall uh stuff like that is just uh, pretty cool to me yeah i mean I, I think that's well said like i've always um thought there was a lot of interesting stuff about, about that nba off the court um that's that side of the game and kind of all the transactions and then rumors and things like that and Specifically with the draft, I mean, I, I watch a lot of college basketball, uh, and I also watch a, a fair amount of NBA, especially Timberwolves and, and the playoffs. Um, so it's kind of marrying those two and seeing which guys I loved in college that never panned out uh, and which guys I didn't really know anything about that, that turned into big NBA star. That is really fascinating to me. I got super into the NFL draft this year because I was writing about it for, for work, but I mean, it's the same thing. Um, with the NBA, obviously it's, it's shorter. There's, there's fewer picks, but just that diving into these prospects and the decisions that teams make and what kind of things they're prioritizing, whether it's production in college or potential or, or how they balance those things. Uh, I think it's fascinating. And it's a whole, it's a whole different um, set of, of uh, criteria in the NBA than it is in the NFL. But I mean, there's some similarities just in the general process. Definitely. Um, so I know, Aiden, you're a Celtics fan, not necessarily a Wolves fan, but growing up around the Wolves, do you feel like being in the lottery every year has impacted your sort of like, ah, oh, yes, it's the off season. Now it's the real season. Like, now we're going to fix things. Yeah, kind of. Uh, I mean, with the Wolves specifically, it's kind of tough to feel that way at some point uh, with some of the decisions <laughs> that have gone a little bit awry. Uh, but I, I feel like they're, uh, it's a fan base that does usually end up finding a way to, to find optimism about, about a lot of things. Even when you know, Wiggins is going on like year five of underperforming, it's like, no, this year he's going he's gonna to figure it out. And, um, you know, I, I, think that there's, I think that there's a fair amount to be excited for with the, with the Wolves now. Um, defense kind of a, is kind of a big question but it, it never hurts to have the the first overall pick to to go along with two really talented guys like Towns and D'Angelo Russell so uh there's an opportunity here for sure uh to maybe not repeat some of the mistakes mistakes of the past for sure definitely definitely um so we'll go more into that later uh but you guys I mentioned you're both fellow uh Southwest Laker alum I'm definitely using this as a self-serving podcast to kind of like mythologize my basketball upbringing. Uh, And I played freshman year basketball at Southwest High School. I've already released an episode about how I uh, left and went and played parkboard and fucked around for the rest of the years after that. But uh, I don't know. I feel like freshman year basketball was a blur. Uh, Our school is not great at basketball. 
uh, program was pretty disorganized. Uh, and I, yeah, I don't know. I'd been in, I hadn't been in very many basketball environments like it before. And it was weird. And it was like 5 a.m. practices and all that. Uh, so we'll get into that in a sec. But on the note that we're going to start there, uh, I also do a bunch of dumb 2K stuff on the podcast. Do you guys have any like basketball video games that you played growing up that were like defining for you or your friend group or like rituals that you guys would do around that or? I um I never was a huge like 2K guy. Um, I would say that probably came in somewhere in like third or fourth in my uh, sports video game uh, rankings. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I played a Madden guy. Madden. I was more so FIFA has always been my my main game. Um, it, it goes in spurts. I played a, a fair amount of like NHL at times or MLB The Show. Um, but I definitely have played a lot of 2K with various friend groups and various um, uh, different things like that. I mean, I know back like I can remember back in uh, high school playing NBA 2K12 was the first one that I kind of got into. Um, and I remember that that game you could kind of just like pick one guy and like that would be my thing is I would just pick one guy and go off with them. Like I remember putting up over a hundred points against Will Belzer with Kobe RIP um, and just like doing an 18 foot like turnaround jumper and it like would go in every time. Um, and also just um, I think I went for like 50 points with Brian Scalabrini one time, which I don't think that should be possible, but it's right on UFC alone. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember, I, I definitely remember creating um my my player in 2K12, whose name was Herbert Who, and he was seven uh, three, like three hundred pounds, was just an absolute torch. Like he was just a <laughs> he was just a shooter. Because uh, of course, it's like you make the most ridiculous like body type and play style type. He could also eventually I like I was upgrading him, and he could like dunk on dudes too. He was pretty sick. Um, <laughs> so that's my that was my first kind of 2K game that I got into. But then I had a lot of friends uh, at school. Uh, who, who played it a lot. And the big thing that revolved around that was the, uh, the blacktop drinking games. Um, Ooh, so they'd yeah, play, that. yeah. So they'd play a game of blacktop, which, I mean, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're probably familiar with that. It's just um, this like side game mode where you're essentially on a blacktop. You play to 21, pick your, your team of, of three or four or five. I think we'd always do five. And then, uh, the, the, the joke would be kind of, or, or the, the style of the way of doing it would be not to pick like all-star teams. It would just be to pick the most random guys. Like <laughs> I'm talking like, I don't know. I would, I would often play with like wolves bench guys that I, or former wolves bench guys that I like, I would put a team with like Shabazz Muhammad and Wayne Ellington and like Ty Lawson, like all those kind of guys Boy. together. Shabazz um, was a bucket. <laughs> yeah. So you'd end up and like, I had some friends who were super into this whole, um, like the joke of it and just playing with the worst kind of players available in 2k because i think and they the ratchet way- up the like sliders and stuff in blacktop so like yeah so they're on blocks are crazy like yeah they're a little better for sure and but the way the game would work is the worst rated player on the opponent's team every time that guy scores on you you have to drink um <laughs> so that incentivizes trying to score with that player which is hard and then that inevitably leads to really sloppy games where you've got like Costa Kufis going like two of 14 from three and like and all there were all kinds of other rules like you had to end on a on a two even though the game would, would let you end on a one it, like morally you had to end on a two um things like that so those were a lot of fun just just hanging around and, and drinking and, and playing stupid blacktop drinking games hell yeah Aiden you got anything yeah I got a few um in terms of from from home anyway uh i the one that sticks out to me is I, I was actually talk, talking to about this last night so anyone who has followed the draft I'm gonna make a little connection here is um denny avdia from uh from Maccabi tel aviv is is one of the prospects and my friend Simon who is Jewish would always play as Maccabi tel aviv uh, and claim that it was his his hometown team. Uh, and so we, he would like play against us with like, we, we have like NBA teams and he's playing with Maccabi Tel Aviv who is made up of like either just like international players or like NBA. Amari like, Stoudemire. Yeah, yeah, like NBA Amari washouts too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, Amar, like Amari Stoudemire is like one of the best players like in the history of the team. So um, I, I just always, I thought that was funny that that like came back around for this draft cycle. Um, in terms of the... Uh, I'm glad that you mentioned the drinking game as well, because there was one that I played with my friend here at USC, actually, 
um, where we would go on the blacktop, we would have teams of all centers and we would only be able to shoot threes. Yeah, that sounds, and, that's pretty much like what we do, except that's, that's a little more, um, I don't know, defined rule-wise. I like that. Yeah, ours, ours is a little more simplified than yours. I, I, mm -hmm. I feel like you, you guys had more going into it. But, um, yeah, every time that the opponent made a, made a three with one of the centers, you had to, you had to take a shot. So uh, we, I don't know how, how, many, uh, how many points we would play up to. Uh, probably makes sense, but I don't remember that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, 2K is fun. Uh, in terms of the specific games, like Will said, I don't think any, any version will ever beat 2K11. That was the Michael Jordan one. Uh, that that was like the the peak. The yeah, peak that really TK. like set it off too. Like, cause there were all the uh, other classic teams too, and that opened up like a whole can of worms for me. I think like the summer before that, I had read the Bill Simmons book of basketball for the first time, and was like, now I can play with all these teams, or like set up a league with all of them, or like, right. <laughs> I'm so smart, I know all these things. <laughs> Exactly. The one thing I remember about 2K11, I never had it, but I, I remember playing it at people's houses, was that, that the hop step was just overpowered. When you like drive in the lane, I think you press like triangle or whatever it was, and they would do like a full, like they would go into this hop step animation that could basically get around any defender. You just get an easy layup or dunk or whatever. That, that is the, a very random observation that I remember about NBA 2K11. Yeah, no, and, like, the further back you go, you can, like, there are, like, certain animations or, like, things like yeah. that that you can abuse. Uh, I had NBA Live 10 before uh, 2K11, and I remember, like, similar to, like, just scoring with bad players or whatever. I think I dropped 54 points with Quincy Doobie. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that is a name. <laughs> and... I can't even say I recognize that name, but... I think he was on the Kings at the time, but like, I, I don't like even know. Kings you could player. just like, if you were like running at a baseline layup, like you were probably going to get it unless they got blocked, like shit like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, sort of in my friend group, our big game, that's not basketball, uh, is it's always been the original NFL street and, uh, like our restriction because just cause like guys are flying around all the player models are like huge and goofy, uh, they're all dressed in like mid 2000s like hip hop clothing which is hilarious even like Brett Favre and stuff like it's a good time. Oh man, yeah. Brett Favre <laughs> in like a jumpsuit and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I think he's got like a beanie and like a like I don't even know. Uh, that game is absurd from the few times I've played. He's like jumping off walls and So that's laying, actually only in 2. We cuz 2 is one of those things where Okay, maybe I have maybe the I've jumping two. off walls is like kind of one of those broken things where it's like yeah. well if you don't get them there they're scoring like uh so in one we do that they like flip around and stuff uh and our way to like fuck around or like make it better is we do uh fat guy battles so you get like uh one linebacker and then everybody else you draft has to be an offensive or defensive lineman and okay. they play both sides of the ball because it's seven on seven so like it's just mayhem like the ball's moving so slow but like guys are diving like throwing each other into the air uh it's a good time I'm sensing uh, a trend with our with our favorite game modes. We we, we love the we love the big man. <laughs> exactly. You have to see huge guys. guys that, that, remind, that reminds me of in mean, a very similar note of putting like defensive tackles at kick returner in like Madden eleven or whatever. Like <laughs> I remember I once returned a, a kickoff for touchdown with Johnny Jolly, who was like some random Packers yeah, yeah, defensive yeah. lineman who I just I just love that name. Um and somehow I don't know how I even how I took a kick to the house with him but it was it was one of the peaks of my life yeah just finding guys with funny names that like become a thing in your yeah. friend group like a exactly. whole a whole deal um yeah yeah so let's talk let's talk southwest i played my freshman year will you were kind of on my team you like went up and down between that and sophomore team yeah uh, yeah so i i can i can definitely speak on that um because aiden was a, a year or two behind us but um I, I remember those days. I remember I, I was on the yeah, I was on both, like you said. So um I think I primarily played on the sophomore team, but we I mean we would practice together in the East Gym, which just to to start was just such a rundown like piece of shit. Um the dustiest and, place. Like yeah, you, you I mean you, you literally had to wipe off your the bottom of your shoes every ten seconds. Like it was it was bad but there were so many I mean there's so many funny times with that I mean the freshman coach 
with Coach Brown was his name. <laughs> it was just an absolute character. Just, um, just, just to start, I had this so, written down as a took it so what, seriously. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, just like the. I, I have very few like fleeting memories. Like I honestly couldn't remember that we practiced with a sophomore team, but that makes total sense in retrospect yeah. <laughs> uh, because so many of my basketball memories are like, Oh, when I was in high school, I played parkboard, not Southwest. That's all. Yeah. Blur. Um, but there was this one, I think we were playing a game at like the Colin Powell center. And afterwards coach Brown, like, 20 minute expressive speech about how he wasn't a basketball coach, how he played football at Arizona state, yep. like just went off on his whole life story, did not have a moral at the end. And he was like, and you know what? Like, I'm proud of you guys today. And then, I remember that. I remember that very well. I hadn't thought about that in, in probably since it happened or in like at least <laughs> seven, eight years. And he just, he went on this whole spiel that just had nothing to do with anything. He was just like, I'm I don't not know if this a was basketball this... coach, guys. Yeah, he's like, I'm, I, I don't know if this was the same time or a different time, but the other Coach Brown memory I remember is that he was so frustrated about something that he slammed a basketball on the ground and it went, like, all the way up to the ceiling. Like, he just <laughs> slammed it. I don't remember why, but I was just sitting there like, it's not that, it's not that serious. This is freshman <laughs> basketball. Like, the other thing I, oh, the other thing I remember was um, – playing in a freshman game against Moundsview, I think it was. We, we went to Moundsview, and um, we were down, like, too late or something. And there was somebody got fouled. There was a technical or something. He was like, who wants to shoot the free throws? So I was like, I want to shoot the free throws. I don't know. I think I was having a pretty good game. I hit, hit some threes that game. I'd go up there and miss both. <laughs> and he just got so mad at me for, like, <laughs> choosing to shoot the free throws and then missing them. And I was like, I don't – what are you – like I, I, I don't know. I, sorry. Yeah, I, less than that. I was probably 14, I think. Um, but I was like, I, I don't know. I had confidence. It didn't work out. You don't have to, like, yell at me here. But, yeah, that was that was the time. Um, and I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I think soft, sophomore year for me um, was a little more fun where I was strictly on the sophomore team. And it was slightly like Coach P, the coach for the sophomore team. I was a guy I liked a lot. Um, yeah, he was but, cool. I did end up taking the, the park board route junior and senior year and ended up winning a, a city championship senior year. So yeah, it it's just well. like tough when it's like, could I get be getting yelled at in a dusty gym at yeah. 5am or could I be sleeping and playing with all of my friends? Yeah, yeah, exactly. As uh, soon as I realized that like, I probably wasn't ever going to like make it upstairs, I believe was the term for getting to JV or varsity to actually practice in the West gym which was actually a normal gym. Uh, as soon as I realized that that probably wasn't going to happen, I said, yeah, I think I'm going to go the, the park border out here. Speaking of going upstairs, uh, one of my other like fever dream memories is the first day of tryouts. Uh, we're all like shuttled in the gym at like 5 a.m. We like don't really know what's going on. Uh, Lenick Knight is in a uh, motorcycle jacket during the scrimmages and is like, just so much better than everyone else. He immediately gets plucked, but he's like, I don't even know if he's wearing basketball shoes. He's wearing like yeah. this like leather jacket while just like <laughs> dominating all of these freshmen in this gym right now. And they're yeah. like, all right, you're going upstairs, kid. And I think he was the only one like the whole week. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, it's funny that you bring up, uh, bring up Linick. Actually, when I, when I was a freshman, uh, I somehow made it onto the JV team. Uh, and so like the JVT practices with the varsity, right? And the, the first day of practices, I, I actually, I, I think I didn't know that there was actually practice the first day because we had just finished the, finished the tryouts. So I, I like ran into him and he was like, hey, are you going to practice? So I was like, excuse me, there's practice today. <laughs> um, and I'm like this like dinky little freshman. I'm like freaked out that I'm gonna get kicked off the team because I'm gonna miss the first practice. He was like, Dude, I, I I hope you figured out, man, because I like I didn't have my uh, I didn't have like my shorts or like a, a t-shirt to practice in or anything. <laughs> so he was like, "Hey, well, I, I hope that I see you there." He just walked off down the hall. And I was like, at least he was nice about it. <laughs> Aiden, what? Just out of curiosity, what? What were you a year behind us? Two years behind us? Um, so let's see. I was. I graduated. You were class of fifteen. Yeah. Okay. So two years. I was a okay. class of seventeen. And then what was just, what was your like Southwest basketball path in terms of like how many years you spent on each, on each team? 
Yeah, so the first two years, I mean, I guess I got into like maybe like a minute of a varsity game my sophomore year. Oh, nice. Um, and then I played like, I was like in between JV and varsity my, my junior year. And then senior year was, was varsity strictly. But I thought it, it showed that uh, my development curve, there are like some guys who like in the NBA draft, right? Who you like, oh, they're going to, they have a lot of potential and they're going to like get a lot better. And then you like draft for potential. I was the exact opposite of that. I came in okay. basically as a finished product in high school. <laughs> um, yeah. So I didn't, I, get, I didn't get too much better uh, dur- during that time. So I, I kind of stuck around on the, on the JV team for, for the most part. Uh, but it was cool, you know, made, made friends with a, with a lot of the guys on the team. Um, ended up, you know, every once in a while trying to try to play for, like, my friend's parkour team that, that they were on. Um, and usually it, like, didn't work out because, like, the refs or, like, the other team were, like, on, on something with trying to, like, let someone else play who's not on the yeah. roster or something. Um, but, yeah, it was, a, it was a good time. Got, got a, a few decent wins for, for Southwest basketball. Got a fair amount of losses, but you know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like we weren't a particularly strong program, but we were big enough uh, where we qualified for the biggest section thing. And we happened to be in the same section as state perennial power uh, Hopkins. So like every year we'd be the lowest seed and just get wrecked in the first game of sections by like Hopkins's JV team. <laughs> yeah. I got a good story for that one. So Amir coffee, who's in the NBA now played yeah, at, yeah, yeah. at Hopkins. I tell a story uh, in one of the other pods about how he beat me and one of my friends two on one with his offhand uh, <laughs> when we were in like fifth grade, it was a terrifying time. Yeah, dude, he, he, he was insane. Uh, and obviously a great, uh, Minnesota player too. But, um, when we played them in the sections, my, my senior year, this is my, you know, we know it's going to be, you know, my last day, last day for any seniors who are playing. Yeah. Right. Uh, and he just, he just sat it out. There was like word that he was, had like a, like a tweaked ankle or something. I don't really believe it. I think he just sat it out to, to t- get like an extra few days of rest or something. And they still beat us by like 30. So. <laughs> yeah. Just every the South, year. The Southwest. Yeah. The Southwest varsity program was never very, very good or competitive when I was there, but it was still fun to watch. I mean, it is, it's fun. Like thinking back to like freshman, sophomore year, like I thought those guys were so huge and like so good and like looking back now, like they were high school kids, but like, I was like, okay, these guys are, are like, they, they just look massive to me. And I remember like sitting in the stands, um, cause we would play and then JV would play and then we'd watch varsity. Um, and thinking that was, that was super cool that I just got to like be there and, and watch and warm, warm basketball, for warm up with hours. them. And yeah, th- yeah, things like that. And, but to your point, I also remember, um, I went to a, I forget what year it was, but I think, I think we played a section game against, um, like, I don't know, some suburban team that, that's slipping my mind now, but it, I don't think it was Hopkins, but it was some team that um, we just pulled up and, and just the varsity team just got absolutely blown out in the first round. I was like, oh, maybe they're going to win. No, they, they, they had no chance. It was bad. Uh, I just, I'm just going to have other things that I've written down. I think Southwest basketball and the freshman team experienced just like day up, they'd be like, oh yeah, you guys are playing here now. Like things like that. Yeah. Uh, I have a very distinct memory of like, one day we were supposed to practice, but then they were like, nope, you're going to like Minnehaha Academy or something. Like we've got two games today. And I was yeah. just like, wait, no, 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 no. Like I'm here to like practice and then go home and not do this. I don't want to go get blown out by some like team. Uh, and I think that's the first time I ever was just like, I'm going home or like whatever. I think I went to uh, Zeke's house to go play the like FIFA 12 demo to, till practice was supposed to be over. And I just like didn't tell my parents that, I had a game that day <laughs> and I like would never do anything like that for any other sport ever, but it's yeah. just like, you know what? I don't care enough to like for this team. The one know. other thing I, I, I want to say while we're on the, the subject of Southwest basketball was that I have very distinct memories of my tradition of um, the school would end at, at three, I believe. And then I would go hang out at the DQ like two blocks away and eat like a chicken strip basket despite having practice at like 345 or four or whatever <laughs> and not like having nearly enough time to digest that. And then like going to practice and having to run like whatever, like suicides or whatever they were called and um, just like being in severe pain because I had just eaten a chicken strip basket and like sometimes a blizzard too, but yet I would just continue to do that. So that, that's something that sticks out to me. 
I think that segues pretty perfectly into the last story I had pegged of like things that I could actually remember from that year. Uh, you know, Wayman on the, that team. Of course. Yeah. Uh, I have a very specific memory of one. We like come in and we're going to like run sprints to like start practice. And Wayman like comes in, he's like licking talky dust off his fingers. And we start running and he clearly starts cramping up and coach is like, Wayman, like keep going, like run through it. And he gets on the ground and does like the most animated cartoon, like crawl. And he's like, but them Takis, coach, like crawling <laughs> to midcourt, like just so, I don't know. It was wild. Wayman was dying. hilarious. Wayman was one of the funniest people I've, I've ever Wayman met. Wayman led the, led the effort of, of trash canning Will Belzer after <laughs> practice, I remember, which was quite fun. I still have a picture of him just upside down in a trash can in the link. Um, I don't remember I why, totally that, why that, that happened, happened. but it, it was quite entertaining. Oh, I, I definitely yeah. helped. I, I didn't try to stop that. Yeah, Will Belzer has caught some strays on this podcast so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a couple. Uh, but, yeah, no, it was just so funny. I have a very, such a clear memory of, but them talkies, coach, just like clawing to midcourt. Uh, yeah, yeah. So let's talk, uh, let's talk a Congo. Let's talk, that's the, that's the prospect for this episode. Uh USC prospect Aiden, do you want to give us a little overview since you've spent your time there? Yeah, definitely. I I think that there was um there was a perception that Isaiah Mobley, who was the other five star big that they had in for this last year, was actually going to be better than him. And then just like right from the very beginning, Big O proved that he was like just like so much stronger and just a better basketball player. I think um, he, he's. I think that like the, the strength and just like the athleticism is like his top is his top skill. You know, he's really great at finishing around the basket. A uh, great rim protector. I think is like a big. He can definitely slide with guards like out on the perimeter. Um, he's just like a really awesome athlete. I I, I kind of draw some some Bam comparisons with him. I don't think he's quite as explosive. He's not as he's not as long either. I don't think his his arms are as long, but. Uh, he kind of he just kind of like looks vaguely bamish out there, just like flying all all over the place and like using just his insane athleticism to just swallow people up. Um, plenty of times, like he would be like looking like down at the rim as he as he dunked it over like some poor guard who got stuck in like the the pick and roll, which is uh, a situation that I was always trying to avoid when I was in Southwest basketball playing for playing on the varsity team. Most of my time was spent avoiding getting dunked on. Um, <laughs> but yeah i mean were you successful with that mostly yeah (laughs) did you ever get banged out on i never got i never got banged on no there was time there were times that it came close and then like i was like rotating over like i had my hands up like i was gonna like take a charge or some you know (laughs) and then i just like realized like what what am i doing (laughs) i'm not gonna get a charge call and i'm gonna be a meme for the rest of my time here so i would just like slide out of the way a little bit and uh, try to avoid that but uh yeah bam bam would is like one of those guys who is so much better than the guys i was trying to avoid getting dunked on <laughs> uh by so i i think that he will be really good and i i hope it's not coming across as too much of a a homer kind of thing here but i do think that he's the best big in the draft i think he's better than wiseman for sure oh so. yeah I, I think him better than wiseman is almost amongst draft like nerdy people is like a pretty common thing yeah and even my my friend here who who loves big o he's like nah wiseman you know why he's not better than wiseman i'm like why well i don't know what wiseman does that is better than than big o other than be seven foot one yeah he is very ginormous i i went to uh his nike hoop summit game and he is just like an albatross out there and like it's cool but like he's just really slow and like wants to be kd a little bit which is weird yeah like if you're gonna be slow but also huge like maybe don't shoot 20 25 footers i don't know <laughs> and maybe like park yourself around the basket i think he can like still be i think he can still get you like wins in the regular season and stuff like that but uh i just think like you know he's gonna be a little bit white sidey in the in the playoffs yeah uh, sure and um just really quickly i, I just think the uh the comparison here is like everyone's thinking that the warriors might take wiseman and i like 
I just feel like Big O is just such a better a better fit for like what they do and what kind of like player that they would want because uh, you know they haven't like they need their center to be like a particular kind of inside presence I think will also be able to you know play in space and stuff like that and I just think that that's something that uh that Big O could do definitely uh it's also fun he was on the crazy uh Lamelo Lonzo team when that was like in their prime he was a little freshman. Uh, so he kind of like, so like, he was kind of like, oh, they have this kid that's like a lob finisher, whatever. Uh, and then like all the balls left the school and he was like still there dominating for like three years after that. Like his numbers and stuff were like crazy through senior year. Uh, and then he still kind of came in, like, like you said, unheralded. Uh, Isaiah Mobley was not good. He looked really good playing with his brother who's coming next year, which I'm sure you're excited about. Yeah, hopefully they kind of get that kind of <laughs> dynamic back. Uh but yeah, no, really fun sort of like coming from the bottom, even though you were in the national spotlight as this tiny young guy. Now you're finally getting your day in the sun. I feel like uh, that isn't that isn't talked about as much as it should be. Maybe the fact that there could be two top five picks here went to the same high school. Like Lamelo is probably going what one or two, and I think um, a lot of, a lot of casual NBA fans probably don't know who. Uh, Okongwu is quite yet, but I mean, I think within the draft community, yeah, he's like a becoming kind of a consensus top five guy. I mean, he's uh, him and, and Obi Toppin are two of those top like four prospects, but I think Okongwu just it has a, a much better all around game for the NBA with what he can and add defensively. And I, I, I don't know if we're going to talk about um, his potential fit with the Wolves, but I, I really. I think he could be a really good guy to play next to uh, to Cat because of what he can do defensively, and then just uh, all the reports are that he's just a super hard worker and he just like dedicates himself to the, the game and that he's going to reach whatever, whatever ceiling he has, he's going to reach it. Um, so I, I like him a lot. I, I don't think the Wolves should take him at number one, but I, I think my philosophy on that pick is that they should probably trade it. Uh, whether that's trading down or just trading out of the draft, whether to, to next year or going for a, an NBA asset. Um, but I think if they trade down into like the three to five range or something, not moving down a ton, but doing something like that, I, I would love for, to see them grab a Kongwu. Yeah, no, that's great little segue there into talking about the Wolves. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Aiden, just as far as like what Okongwu's uh, like ceiling could be, because the Wolves have like, kind of been looking for this elusive like cat partner forever sort of i'm a little worried about uh his shot because we have guys like culver akogi and whatnot who i want to be like big pieces of the rotation but like if they can't shoot i only want one non-shooter on the floor uh so yeah talk about how you would envision that on the wolves yeah the wolves just kind of like have a weird structure they're like inverted where their their center is the best shooter on the team (laughs) Uh, which is which is funny. I, I think that because of that, it's a little bit easier to have uh, a non-shooting big, which I I don't particularly see Okongwu becoming like ever like a, a great shooter, even probably a good shooter. Shooter. He could be like, you know, like middle of the road, like serviceable from outside. He's got pretty good touch, uh, but he he wasn't great at the free throw line. So I I just I, I'm a little concerned about about the shot, but. Uh, in terms of filling out, you know, the whole Wolves rotation, I think uh, another comparison for for Okongwu is Taj Gibson, and that was when Cat and kind of like the team overall were at their best, right? Uh, which spoke to what Will was saying in terms of. They also had Jimmy Butler, which which helped a little bit, but yeah. I fair hear. point, but I think it was also when Cat was at his yeah. best in terms of like impacting winning, right? And not shout out Taj Gibson play. for that that block in the game against the Nuggets, the final game of the regular season. That was crazy. I, I, I miss Taj. That dude was fun to root for. Yeah, kind of on that note, do you think Okongwu has – because I think a lot of what Taj is is that also he's making all the right rotations, is vocal, is like that big team defender presence. Do you think Okongwu has that sort of vibe? He needs to get a lot better at communicating for sure, which is scary to, to pair him with with Kat because I know that's just communication in general has been kind of a, a, an issue defensively for the Wolves. But – he definitely has that potential. He just, he, yeah, he just needs to be louder, honestly, and more communicative on, on that end. But I, I think that he's a smart player. 
player. He, you know, he's still, I don't think he's, you know, like a Taj Gibson in terms of, you know, reading the game and reacting and stuff like that. But uh, I, I think that he can definitely be that, that kind of defensive presence. For sure. Um, I'm kind of trying to think about who he is offensively in like as in a role or whatnot. Some other like weird comps I have. I have like half Brandon Clark, half Adebayo. Uh, but I don't think, like you said, I don't really believe he's going to be a close to a good shooter as Clark or like in a late career Abaka. Uh, but he does kind of have like early career Abaka with that weird like AD Euro step kind of like feel. Yeah, he can he can kind of handle the ball actually, which is surprising. Like you throw him into the mid post, he can he can you know like hit you with like a little like fake one way, go the other, and then cross over back stuff like that. Um, so he as an offensive player, you know he's gonna just live at the rim uh kill on the offensive boards he's great finishing around the basket um pretty like relentless around there and he has he has good touch uh around the basket anyway so um kind of like a, a, a rim roller i don't think he's ever going to be like a guy you throw it into to like and say like go get a bucket in the post but like you know really that guy doesn't it's the least efficient shot in basketball anyway exactly so. yeah you know it doesn't hold a big role in the nba now so uh, I think like last thing, last like question uh, it, with Bam as like the big comp, Bam's playmaking is like insane. Uh, do you think he'll ever be like a short roll threat like that ever? Like a like Draymond D type? Obviously those guys are like insane, whatever. But can you do like a lesser version of that maybe? I think definitely, especially uh, the the ball handling shows like an ability to just kind of like slow the game down with the ball in his hands, right? And he's he is a bit sloppy uh, passing, but he does show that ability to like make those reads and, and, and make good decisions with the ball in his hand. Um, you know, teams would like double team him in the post all the time. He would consistently uh, find the, the open man if it wasn't a turnover, which is an issue, right? But it was like kind of like an all or nothing kind of proposition. Either he would like get you a really good shot or it would be going the other way for like a live ball turnover. But I think he definitely has that, has that ability. And, you know, he's a, he's a young guy. So uh, lots of room for, for growth with him. Definitely. Also, he's going to be like huge in five years. That man is going to be jacked. His frame is nasty. And like, I, I don't even know. Uh, so we'll move on to like the last little, little section here. The 2K Crystal Ball. I do a goofy thing with uh, 2K My League. I like add six teams uh, to the league so the talent gets thinned out. I do a fantasy draft and then I set all the lineups with these like young players from the next two drafts. So I like simulate two years. Uh, so I've got some lineups generated here with Big O featured on all the teams. Uh, for the like YouTube version of the podcast, I like play a game of the 2K lineup of this team like against some other team, just like have it go. Uh, let the computers play it out. Uh, so we'll go through that, talk about like fits on different teams uh, for Okongwu, what, uh, which one we like best. And I'll put a video of that up on YouTube with this. Uh, so the first team we've got uh, Kobe White, uh, Drew Holiday, uh, Cade Cunningham, who is about to light college basketball on fire next year, uh, Okongwu and Rudy Gobert. Uh, then you've got on the bench, Mo Harkless, uh, Favors, Alonzo Trier, and uh, Ben Mecklemore. How do we feel about this team? I don't know about the shooting, but <laughs> the, the defense with, with Okongwu and Gobert and Drew Holiday is, is pretty insane. I, I don't feel like anybody's scoring on, on those three guys, and, and it, helps to, it helps Kobe White to, to play with those three guys defensively. Yeah, I suppose you could do uh you could like put a Kongu on the bench and do like a Harkless at the four or something like that, and then just ignore favors because that's boring to watch on 2K if we want to do that. Uh, but yeah, no, and then I think the idea of like Cade having Gobert and Okongwu to like mess around with picks and stuff while like Drew and Kobe are like running around shooting threes off of screens and stuff like that is fun. Uh, Will, you have any thoughts on that team? Do you know Cade Cunningham? I have heard of, of him. I'm not sure. He's like a wing, right? He's like six. He's like a point guard, but he's like six, eight, six, seven. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of like the future, like point forward type dude. Yeah. Can you shoot um, it? He's a pretty good shooter. Okay. 
he, I don't know. He's going to be very fun. And the fact that he's on Oklahoma state, just like with him and him himself, basically like, yeah, that's one of those random ones where he like didn't go to one of the powerhouses, but because his brother's like an assistant coach or whatever, got yeah, hired as or the something like that. There. And like, <laughs> we'll probably find out in a couple of years that there's some like scandal where he like. I think they like already got banned from the postseason, actually. And oh, he still really? It's okay. just like I'm, fuck it, I'm playing the regular season there. <laughs> All right, I mean that works. No, I don't have any other thoughts on that that team beyond what uh what Aiden said. No worries. All right, we got team two here. Uh, Ricky Rubio, our boy, native son. <laughs> uh, CJ McCollum, Daniel House, Pascal Siakam, and Okongwu at center. Uh, on the bench, Whiteside, Josh Green, Jake Lehman, and Cassius Winston. That one, that one has a lot better shooting. Uh, I mean, that's one through, one through four. Um, and I think with a team like that where you could put – um, a bunch of shooters around a Congo. I think that kind of maximizes his value on the defensive end. Uh, and I mean, cause he's just going to be a, a gritty guy on offense, like offensive rebounding and all the stuff that Aiden was talking about. Uh, so We're I think pretty if out if on you, a Congo as shooters. Just... Yeah. Okay. Well, actually I, I don't, I wasn't, I guess there's three shooters there with, I, I, I don't think I'm considering Rubio a shooter, but um, still like the, if you get got guys on the wing and like a, a four like Siakam, I think that's a that's a good fit for him. I, I like that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I also like the idea of like Cassius as a backup for Rubio. I think that's such a fun like two team captain thing. Yeah, as someone who uh, watched a lot of Big Ten basketball um, going to Northwestern, I mean, Cassius Winston just killed us every time. I mean, he's he shot like fifty two percent from three one year, um, like limited attempts, but still, he's he's very good. I. I I'll be very curious to see what his like role is in the NBA. If he can carve out like a career for a while as a backup point guard. Cause I don't really ever know who's going to stick like that among like second round guys. Um, but I don't know, maybe he could become like a Monty Morris type of guy. We'll, we'll see, I guess. He's got some, he's got some Demetrius in him for the, the Southwest deep cut. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. He, he definitely has some, some Demetrius Bear Katie in, in, into his game. <laughs> uh, and then the last team here, this one's kind of like more of an all-star game, all-star playoff-y type team. Uh, uh, you got Fred Van Vliet, uh, Oladipo, Tatum, Miles Bridges, and Okongu at center. Uh, off the bench, Robert Williams, Nico Mannion, uh, J.J. Redick, and Talon Horton Tucker. Love the Celtics infusion on this team. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't love that Time Lord and and, uh, and Okongu are going to be fighting for minutes. But <laughs> but also, uh, like, if you're the opposing team, do you want to go up against one of those guys at center for 48 minutes? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it depends. Uh, if if your team could like run like really great offense that is shooting all over the court, I think that you want Robert Williams out there at, at like virtually all times because <laughs> he's just going to be run all over like a like a chicken with his head cut off. So would so hypothetically would you start Robert Williams over Okongwu? Um That's a tough one cuz Robert Williams made like a big time improvement this year. Um especially like towards the end and in the bubble. Um and he just kind of like brings like a level of like athleticism and length to the table that you just like don't really see in you know among a lot of players give me give me a compare contrast him and bam or him and uh okongwu yeah i think uh i think okongwu is going to be more of a of a rebounding threat probably especially on the offensive boards uh probably going to be better like finishing around the basket and will maybe be a little more just kind of like stable defensively and like in the right spots and and contesting a lot but if you want the if you want the highlights if you want the the lob that's gonna just like take the the heart out of the other team or the the block that like goes into like the 20th row i think that uh i think the time lord is your guy so on this squad which one would you go with this squad you know, it, it might be a little bit of a cop out. I'll go with I'll go with Time Lord just because he, he plays with Tatum, so he would have like at least that a little amount of chemistry. Super fair. Uh, but I mean, 
let's put it this way. I think that there's a reason why Big O is going to be like a top five pick, like Will said, and why Robert Williams fell to like 27th. Definitely. I think that that's that comparison is kind of similar to the the Okongwu Wiseman debate. I mean, Wiseman's a better prospect than Robert Williams for sure, just from an offensive perspective and ball handling and things like that. But uh, you got like the flashy, uh, bouncy guys who can dunk on your head and, and things like that um, versus a guy like Okongwu who um, just kind of does – yeah, he seems like a Taj Gibson type. Like he does all the like things that help winning basketball, um, like setting good screens and hitting the glass and um, finishing and making good little smart passes and, and things like that. So I don't, I don't know if he has like an – any sort of all-star upside like Bam and Draymond, but there's clearly a role in the NBA right now for, for those kind of, of fours who can do a lot of different things. And yeah, don't get me wrong. Uh, Okongwu has like some springs around the basket. If you, if you look at some of his like alley-oops yeah, that's, that's that he true. goes up and gets, uh, he's just, I not- shouldn't be discounting his, his athleticism or saying he's any like um, anything. He's not athletic because he is, but he's not the same kind of leaper I, I, from what I've seen. Because, like, hardly anyone at 6'10 is the leaper that Rob Williams or, or Bam is. Like, that's just, like, an unfair <laughs> an unfair thing to say. Oh, well, you can't, like, jump as, jump as high as those guys, those guys, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, do we have a favorite of those three teams? A- any team with Jason Tatum on is my, is, is my pick for my favorite. So. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably, I, like, I like the second and third. I'll probably go with the second one. I, just, I like McCollum a lot. Um, Pascal, uh, and of course the legendary Wolves draft pick, uh, Ricky Rubio. It occurs to me that uh, putting Pascal on the same team with Okongwu might keep him out of the post for like the entirety of of a game, which uh, if the last series is any indication might be, might be good for Pascal to stay out of the post. Yeah, no, that, that's an interesting uh, sort of wrinkle with the Pascal thing. I don't know. Yeah, you just, like, you keep him on the perimeter, like, let him just, like, make plays, let him get out in transition, that kind of thing, instead of having him try to, like, post up Jalen Brown and miss, like, 80% of the time. (laughs) But, yeah, and then at the same time, you, like, don't want him taking, like, pull-ups, so it's, like, but I think there is, I think CJ and, like, Rubio on that team making, like, micro advantages at every step of the way uh, would be fun to watch with those two guys specifically. Uh, so let's move on to the last thing since we're like creeping up on an hour here. Uh, I, I sort of like weird, dumb tradition here at the end. I'm going to finish the bowl I've been smoking and uh, look deep into the 2K crystal ball or just like whatever. Uh, try and like pr- think of something I want to see in the NBA in the future, uh, whether that's like content wise, changes to the game, changes to arenas, the experience. Uh, Anything like that. So you guys take a moment here. Think about just like shit you would change or like make to the NBA or like some cool. It can be outlandish, little, whatever you want. Look deep into the 2K crystal ball. This is great audio content right here. Um, I'll, I'll edit. I'll edit around. Don't okay, worry about that works. That works. <laughs> I've got. I've got the audacity on deck. <laughs> I like it. Is there like a little sound effect that signals the passing of time too? Uh, yeah. No, I have like a big dumb thing where I like. I'm like the two K crystal ball, and there's like angels singing and like thunder clapping. Oh, is wow. it echoey too? Like it's, oh, yeah. like it's coming down from heaven. It, yeah, it, it's very stupid. <laughs> Having a lot of fun here in my apartment. I'm like, just like recording. <laughs> well, I'm I'm struggling to think of one. Can you can I get some like past examples here for to get to get a baseline of of what we're talking here? Yes. <laughs> uh, <coughs> uh, the one I give like over and over. Uh, I kind of got the idea from uh, No Dunks. They do a, a mailbag. Somebody was like, instead of jump balls, we just have like a like tube that comes down from like the center thing that like drops the ball and it's in the same place every time. Or like cannons that shoot out from the bottom to like do the jump ball. Uh, 
or like okay. uh, removing the charge or widening the court or uh, fans instead of fan t-shirts like fan experience things like everybody like putting up a newspaper or whatever you know okay uh yeah well i'll i'll try to think of my own but i i would for sure jump on the uh removing charges one i, I read a, an article i think it was on the ringer recently kind of advocating for that and i think that makes total sense it's just such a dumb play like i don't know i, I don't think it should be rewarded just trying to like put yourself in front of somebody and like holding your nuts and falling over like i think that's and also, like, generally, it's on plays that are, like, the most exciting plays. Like, guys driving yeah. about to, like, fly to the basket. <laughs> yeah, you see, like, sick dunks getting waved off because somebody, like, stood there and, like, just ate, like, that person. Like, I, like it's just stupid. I don't know. I think, I think that should be de-incentivized for sure. There should still be offensive fouls. Like, you shouldn't be able to just, like, run somebody over or, like, shove somebody. But, like, just the, the act of taking a charge – me so it, it doesn't really add anything to the game i mean i know there's yeah. gonna be like there's charge purists out there who like idolize marcus smart and kyle lowry but uh. like i mean i respect like doing the rules thing like i get being a stickler for all that but like there's just no re- reason it should be a rule like yeah yeah i went i went through it with with that last series because like every time the marcus smart would take a charge i'd be like Yes, good play. Way to get the ball back for us. And every time Kyle Lowry did it, I was like cussing him out and like calling him like a like a flopping like you know, insert word here. So um, it's it's just it's very much a thing where it's like when your team does it, uh, it you know like you're like yes, great job. And when it's called against your team, you, it's like that that shouldn't be a rule, should it? <laughs> Um, all right, so the one that I've got that I, I went to, um, rather than, like, just having a, like, big halftime artist, like, come out and do, like, only, like, 10 minutes at halftime or whatever, give the cheerleaders a night off. Have them play from, like, the aisles during every little thing. Have people, like, vote on what next song they want to hear during, like, timeouts. Let's, you know, let's let's have Bond, like... I want a rapper in the aisle the entire every NBA arena. <laughs> I think that Coach Grace should be at every single NBA <laughs> arena, working for every single NBA team, because he he is the ultimate for the throwing the ball into the crowd and letting them try to make a pop a shot thing. We should probably shout out Coach Grace for he he worked at uh, Southwest. What was at did a lot of sports stuff. Worked also for the Timberwolves and would just plug people on like tickets for like prizes of things at games. Uh, things like that and then it was always clown to see him like with the hoop on his back at the game <laughs> my guy he was the guy who did the too. yeah yeah I don't, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't particularly i don't like know like what they're up to now but like like i, I just remember like their his kids were like very good at basketball <laughs> he did like the the pa stuff right like he was calling the yeah yeah he called yeah i was games. trying to remember if that was him or somebody else but i just remember every time i would score on like freshman or sophomore the year, red uh, rocket so- yeah, I think you would say Will the Thrill was was my nickname, um, and so I just got super hyped whenever I like that. That made me really want to score because then you would like say Will the Thrill Raggets, and I would like feel cool. Hell yeah! Yeah, having sport. a PA announcer is a game changer for youth sports. Definitely. Yeah, I like I like those I like those ideas, Isaac. Uh, you know, anything to, to to liven up the the fan experience can can always be good. And, like, you know, only on the nights when you've got a big act coming through town. Like, you know, when Ice-T is doing the, the arena circuit for whenever. I feel like he's always doing halftime shows and shit. Just, like, in January when no one's there and stuff. Bizarre times. I don't know. I feel like I've been to – I think I've been – Michael B. Jordan and Ice-T have been at Wolves halftimes of games that I've been at. Michael really? B. Jordan, interesting. Not Michael B. Jordan, Montel Jordan. I'm okay. okay. I, don't. I was gonna say, what is what is Michael <laughs> B. Jordan? Doing? This is how we do it, guy. Not the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know that, if uh, that makes more sense. I don't know if Vanilla Ice would count as as one of you, one of the artists that you're that you're referring to who would get this this kind of treatment. But I just remember um, thinking that it was a big deal that he would come to like three like Wolves Dave's. Like I, I remember three that I went to anyway that he was at, and I was. 
I don't think I had the ability at the time to think of how like kind of sad it was that he was. You went to three Wolves game. games that Vanilla Ice was at. I I feel like I remember multiple anyway. Because <laughs> I think I've got one, and that's maybe why I said Ice T because I'm a high idiot, but um, <laughs> didn't get either of the names right. But uh, the fact that you, three sounds much sadder than I imagined it being. I was imagining him like. NBA arena to NBA arena from like January through February. <laughs> yeah, I mean, may- maybe it was only one, and it was just such a big experience for like nine-year-old me that I that I made it out to to be like it was three. But Bill Ice is at every large. Wolves game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine. Glenn Taylor uh, doesn't I, own the team. Vanilla Ice does. <laughs> that honestly might be better. That'd be sick. I think. I think Red Panda should be at halftime at, at every every Wolves game. That would be electric. I guess I might get old her? after a little bit, but they they need to have more people. She needs to like train some understudies. <laughs> never got I never got tired of Red Panda. Yeah, no, she's, she's really all over the place too. I saw her at, at Northwestern uh, at Wolves games, probably elsewhere too. And it's just, I mean, you know what's coming, and it's. Still I wonder just if so it... unfathomable. Yeah, it that that is crazy. I wonder what her like price for being like exclusive would be. Like, what is it for her to be your residential halftime entertainment? <laughs> big time, big time. Or, like, does she spawn, like, a, a like, Dread Pirate Roberts thing where, like, anybody who has this insane skill is their own red band? Right. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. You guys have anything else that you want to pop off on here? Well, when you said uh, just like something that you would want to see in the future, my like NBA nerd mind went to like immediately like a trade that I've always wanted to see happen. And it's interesting that we brought up CJ McCollum. I've always wanted to see him kind of be like the perimeter like driver of the offense, I guess, because he's on a team with with Dame. So he's never going to be that. Uh Um, So I always thought that a CJ McCollum for Ben Simmons trade made a lot of sense where you can get Ben somewhere where he's not playing with like a center who takes up like all the room and the pain. He can just like get out and transition, like feed Dame and play pick and roll with him. And then CJ can kind of like do the same with Embiid and kind of cook as the, as the guard on the Sixers. So I guess I wanted to get your guys thoughts on that. Yeah, no, I feel like I have my fantasy like forever. Cause I've always been a huge Aaron Gordon guy. Uh, and then I went to school in Portland and stuff. So I saw a lot of Blazers games. I always wanted to do the CJ Aaron Gordon swap. Uh, which I guess is just like, I feel like that's maybe undervalue for CJ and you're maybe overvalue for CJ with Ben Simmons. Yeah, uh, so he's somewhere <laughs> in the middle of those two, probably. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, same idea. I'm totally on board with it. Uh, although I do love CJ and Dame and the Portland teams, but it would be fun to see CJ do it. He is a freaking wizard. Yeah, I, I mean, there's been a lot of, I've seen stuff on Twitter about the Ben Simmons trade possibilities and wild speculation like would he fit on the wolves potentially i don't i don't think that's gonna happen at all but i mean i think philly has to do something there to i, I don't know i just don't know we've seen it for a few years now i don't know if that simmons Embiid core um is, is good enough to to get i mean obviously they shouldn't have paid Tobias harris and al horford as much as they did that that hurts but um I don't know. I, I think I think that would be a, a very interesting one, Aiden. All right. And then uh, last thing here before I let you guys go and plug your stuff. Uh, what – you guys are, like, both doing the sports journalism thing. I think it's super cool. Uh, what are, like, your sort of, like, dream things that you guys want to get to, like, making or, like, uh, sort of something like that? Where do you guys want to go with it? Will, do you want to go first? Sure, yeah. Um I don't know. That's a good question. I, I think about that, but um, I, I just feel I'm, I feel very lucky to be doing what I'm doing right now and to have it um, not be affected by the pandemic, really, which was which was super clutch because um, I know people who like covered MLB or NBA or whatever, and obviously that was completely shut down. Um, and the NFL was was able to kind of keep going with its off season and do the draft and. Uh, um, do all that kind of stuff and the season hasn't been affected at all Um, so I don't really know I I think um, eventually I would love to be at a a place where I could like 
just kind of write like columns or, or takes about um, broader NFL or even other sports. Like I'm not only a, a football guy, um, but I think that would be kind of cool to just get um, be able to kind of broaden what I'm what I'm talking about. Although it's 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 fun right now being like fully embedded in one team and interested in one team, especially the team that I grew up rooting for. So, hell yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that that sounds good. I've always been, uh, I've always, like, kind of wanted to be, like, that uh, multi-platform kind of, like, analyst, I guess. So, like, the Mina Kimes, the Zach Lowe, obviously, is a very difficult thing to do. But, uh, yeah, like, having, like, a call where I, like, break down, like, you know, like, tape and stuff like that sounds fun to me. Being on, like, shows, having my own podcast sounds like, uh, is, is the dream, anyway. So. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh well, best of luck to both of you. You're both on the path, clearly. Uh, looking forward to seeing more shit from you. Thanks so much for coming on High and Dry. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, you guys want to like, plug my your pleasure. socials and stuff? You want to yeah, like, follow, yeah. follow me on Twitter at Will Raggetts, just my name. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's all I got with that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much the same. I'm I'm on Twitter at aberg555. I need to I need to unify my brand a little bit more. So it's just my name. Like like Will, he already has that figured out. But that's in the works, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for doing this. Thanks for having us. Have a great rest of your night. Yeah! <laughs>